And it eliminated all of that kind of, I think, the uncomfortable beginning of, hey, by the way, I have this thing that I want to talk to you about and it's alopecia and this is all the stuff that comes with it. We kind of just got to walk in to already knowing each other's business. And I think we both have pretty similar mindsets about it, too, which which really helped. This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Thank you for joining us on Alopecia Life today. Today's Valentine's Day episode is with Angelina Quesada and Brendan Reynolds. Some of the listeners out there may already know them, and for those of you who don't, they met back in 2013 and are both living with Alopecia Universalis. One of the first things I hear in support groups, forums, and even with my own clients after they are first diagnosed is the concern of will anyone love me or will anyone fall in love with my child if they are bald? And most often, will my partner continue to be attracted to me? Oftentimes their confidence is pretty low, and today's story really emphasizes that finding love has very little to do with alopecia and is more about compatibility and attraction. Sharing an alopecia diagnosis does go a long way in breaking down those walls we may put up to protect ourselves, especially in the early days. Today's episode with Angelina and Brendan really speaks to that. Welcome Angelina and Brendan to Alopecia Life today. Thank you so much for having us. You're welcome. It's exciting to have you and to be featured for our Valentine's episode. I'm really excited about that. We're very excited too. Very excited. <laughs> so let's just jump right in. I love doing that. You know, let's talk about maybe what brought the two of you together and how you guys met. All right. So, <laughs> well, when we were younger, we'd go to the conferences every year. And this year in particular is St. Louis in 2013. And, you know, we're out at the dance party, you know, everybody's having a good time. And she recognizes actually like a pair of shoes I was wearing because I'm kind of like a shoe guy. And she comes <laughs> up, starts talking to me about shoes. And then we start talking to each other. And that's kind of how we met the introduction. And then uh, the next day before we were leaving, we exchanged uh, contact information and I just, started talking. I just would like to interject here and say that. We did not exchange. I walked right up to him and I asked him for his number. It was a very forward, I don't know. I think the conference gave me some sort of a confidence boost because I walked right up in both instances and really, I didn't even say, hey, can I have your number? I said, you should really get my number. So we were friends for a little while after that. And then I think one thing led to another. And when I was starting college, we were talking more frequently. And so we started off in a long distance relationship for the first three and a half years of our relationship, which was stressful and really difficult. And then I ended up moving to Grand Rapids. We have a house, got engaged, have a puppy. And yep, that's where we're at now. We just celebrated four <laughs> years together. What, last week, two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. um, so it's, yep, pretty exciting. So you guys had never met before 2013, even though you'd been both attending conferences off and on throughout your lives? 
Yeah, it's it's kind of weird to me because we both started going to the conference the same year when it was in Oakland. I'm not sure what year that was, but we never met each other. We both only missed one conference, and it was the same one, which was the Houston year. And we had never met each other up until 2013. I think I, looking back on it, I definitely remember Brendan, but we hadn't met yet. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. Brendan has a lot of faces that come every single year, but not everybody you really know and have time to hang out with and get to know. You form Mm -hmm. your little groups and that's bad. Yeah. (laughs) And so tell me, Brendan, why don't you share, both of you were quite young when you developed alopecia. I was about four, started falling Mm -hmm. off matches, and then uh, I got officially diagnosed when I turned five a month or two after that. Yeah, I mean, I don't really remember having hair that much, but I mean, a little bit, but most basically my whole life's just been bald. So do you feel like that makes a difference? I guess coming to peace with it sooner, getting diagnosed when you're younger versus, you know, let's say you're 10 years old and you're used to having a full head of hair. I mean, I know it's hard to compare since you don't know, but what are your, what are your thoughts about that? And, and knowing that you've met people that have gone through that at conference and things like that. I think definitely it's way easier when you get at a very young age and you just live your life with it. There's this one girl I met at the conference. She got diagnosed a freshman year of high school. And something like that is really difficult. She had a great support. It's really hard for somebody to go through like that, especially at a big change at high school when people are super judged. I think also just in terms of the girl versus boy thing, too, there's so much identity that women have connected to hair that I had absolutely no formation with. I have zero identity when it comes to hair. But for sure, when you open magazines and stuff, that's all you see, you know, like women really value long, luxurious hair. It's on every single commercial. And so I think that definitely women specifically who lose their hair at a later age, that to me just seems like the most devastating thing in the world that I did not have to go through. I was 13 months. I have no idea what it was like to have hair. I never reached the point of developing an identity with it. And I didn't really walk through the world Yeah, I guess like claiming that identity of my hair, I got to do the opposite, which was claiming the identity of having no hair. But I do think that not not to say that guys don't go through it when they lose their hair, but definitely I think, you know, with social media and everything, that's a completely different experience. When I meet people now and they talk to me about losing their hair when they're in their 30s or 20s or right smack dab in high school, I, you know, I just sit there and I'm like, I am so sorry. I can tell that that was really difficult for you. And our experiences are fundamentally going to be pretty different, even if, you know, we share the same autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you can completely relate to what they're experiencing, because really, <laughs> the outside world is treating you the same, right? I mean, regardless of if you lost it at 30 or lost it at three. Do you agree with that, too? Yes, yes. definitely. I, I definitely think that, yes, I walk through and I can tell when people are staring at me and I can tell that my look is not as accepted in society for sure. And That's something that I have to deal with and that I can find commonalities with people. But I also think, you know, it's interesting because I almost forget that I don't have any hair. I don't walk through the world and kind of think every single day of my life, this is something that I'm going to have to worry about. And that's just me and my experience, you know, living in New York City for four years 
everyone's different there. So it wasn't something I wasn't really getting stared at that much. It wasn't as difficult, I guess, as noticeable or as called out upon in the situations that I've put myself in. I kind of think of it like I have ups and downs, right? You go through it and you can feel really, really, really great one day. And then some days you just have a bad day where you're in a grocery store and people won't stop looking at you. And you're just like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I'm annoyed. I want to say something. I want to scream. I want to yell. But I also, I work with kids too. And kids, in my opinion, have, and in my experience, have been often the worst critics because they're so blunt and they don't really understand what they're saying. But it's also been the best practice because my mom always told me, she's a teacher too, and she always told me that it's just curiosity. And so I think that I've gotten pretty good at just acknowledging it and recognizing it as curiosity and not necessarily a big setback. And then also just being in a relationship with someone else who's bald, we kind of put on this like, we don't really care kind of thing. And we make jokes about it. And we know that when two bald people walk through the door, like we stand out for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But not to say that we don't experience the adversity that comes with being bald, Mm -hmm. because there's definitely moments where you feel low. Right. Let's talk a little bit about your guys' dating Individually, you guys could tell me, you know, did you do a lot of dating before you met each other? And what was that experience like? Did you guys experiment with online dating? And how was that experience for you? I mean, I never really did any online dating. Uh, I was just mostly people I knew, like, you know, you met through a friend somewhere else. I mean, just normal relationships. I mean, nothing really affected the relationships. Obviously, you know, I could have thought someone thought I was weird because I didn't have hair, but that was also at a young age. But I never really thought about it. I hung out with my friends, people who wanted to have a good time and you meet people. And that's kind of my experience. How about you, Angelina? I mean, I definitely think middle school and high school are definitely harder. I mean, I had relationships with people. I do think that they weren't as public as most relationships were. And sometimes I could attribute that to the fact that I was bald. And sometimes when I felt like guys weren't liking me, I just kind of wanted to sit there and be like, it's because I'm bald and no one wants to be with a bald girl. On the other side of that, though, you know, I had friends who had hair who were also in the same situation. (laughs) So like, who really knows? But I did have relationships with people. And I don't think it was anything more difficult than what everyone else was experiencing. I just think that I had one more thing that I could look at and say, well, maybe it's because of this. Tinder, I think, came out when I was a senior in high school, maybe a junior in high school. And so I did use Tinder, but I wouldn't say that I used it to date people. I think I just used it as more of like an entertainment piece, just kind of just to see what was going on with it, because it was brand new. What I remember from using it and kind of what when I went to New York too, the guys that were messaging me on Tinder, it was more of a like fetishizing my Mm. baldness. And I definitely think that I felt that way more than I felt like people wanted to talk to me for me. And I did, you know, when I got catcalled in New York, that was kind of what people were talking about when they would say things to me. And I think that it was really directed at me being bald in kind of a way that made me uncomfortable. I mean, it's interesting because I wouldn't say that's my lead when I'm dating is to go into the world of bald fetishes, but um, people were in, were picking up on, and I don't think that that, I don't think it's kind of the same way for guys. I don't know if you were ever, fet- your bald head was ever fetishized. Not specifically, but I did have this one girl message me a weird comment. <laughs> she was like, uh, your skin looks as smooth as butter on a stack of slapjacks. 
I was like, oh, thanks. It's weird. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I love it. So what would you guys recommend for people with alopecia who are looking to, I don't know, it's, is it weird to give dating advice for people who are living with alopecia? Do you guys help your friends out? Because you guys seem like a very fantastic match. And the fact that you both have alopecia is super helpful in life. And there's there's also another side of it, right? I mean, do people say, oh, you know, you guys are getting together. Have you thought about like the genetic component of... Yeah, number one question. Yes, all the time. And I, it's so funny because I more think about all the other autoimmune diseases that our kids could have eventually, you know, like... I don't care about alopecia. I mean, truthfully, if we get a kid with alopecia, that's like a win in my book. But it's like, you know, there's so many other things that to me are way more debilitating than hair loss. And like, especially if you have parents with it, I feel like, you know, that's the perfect environment. But yeah, I mean, I feel like we get, yeah, we get asked that all the time. I don't, I don't really know if I can give out dating advice. I mean, I would just say be open to things. You know, find someone that you can laugh with. We have fun. We have fun. But the conference has definitely helped. I mean, I think that that's the space and that's, we were really fortunate to find each other. But I think that it just sets you up for a community of people who just value and respect you for who you are. And it eliminated all of that kind of, I think, the uncomfortable beginning of, hey, by the way, I have this thing that I want to talk to you about and it's alopecia and this is all the stuff that comes with it. We kind of just got to walk in to already knowing each other's business. And I think we both have pretty similar mindsets about it too, which which really helped. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And we got really lucky. I'm only only 23. So I feel like that's pretty young. And I think that most people aren't in super serious relationships and engaged by 23. I think think also what happens is when you go to the conference, you kind of meet your people and it's Mm -hmm. like its own support group, you know, so we get to attend all these young adult things, which is really just extra special because we get to make those one big support group of our friends, of our close friends. Right. So I know a few years ago, there was a young woman from NAF who got married. It was happened to be the same weekend as um, conference. And there was maybe like 10 to 15 young adults that weren't there that normally are there. Were you <laughs> part of that group that missed that? Sure, that is one of my uh, really good friends. <laughs> that was the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Were you at the wedding? Was you were at the wedding. So obviously, and I know for sure that the bonds that you established during conference and through having this common experience really do just carry on through life. You don't just stop going to conference and your friends disappear. They stay with you forever. So I think that that's awesome that you guys did that. And and I imagine your party will be huge and full (laughs) of people with alopecia. (laughs) Yep, they will be there. Yeah, but I would also say that the conference is something that's super special to the both of us. And I think that it was hard to miss the conference too. Mm-hmm. Not that, that we don't want to be there for our friends, because obviously our friends are always a priority, but there's something to be said about how important it is just to be in that environment and to be surrounded by a whole bunch of people that look like you. And I think we're very fortunate because we get to see each other every single day. So mm-hmm. we get to see bald people every single day, but there's something really, really, really special about the conference. And we plan on being there this year. Do you guys have a date set for your wedding? No. <laughs> I'm, so I'm putting the pressure on, I guess. <laughs> way too stressed about weddings are so expensive and I hate it. I'm over mm-hmm. it already. 
I can plan it two hours and then I can't do it for two more days. Like it's just, (laughs) it's very, very, very overwhelming. I guess, what would you say to a group of new young adults coming in? And let's say you were at conference and you were leading a how to meet your mate, it's like <laughs> special workshop. Do you think that there would be some things that you would, you know, say absolutely, you know, I mean, you mentioned the the sense of, and truthfully, I don't know that that's any different whether you want to meet someone with hair or without, it's just meeting the the perfect, you know, partner, really. I would say the main thing is be confident with yourself. You're definitely not confident and stuff that can kind of show. Obviously, that goes with having hair and not having hair. But I definitely think for people with alopecia, that definitely will help, too. It's hard out in the real world for a lot of people with alopecia. And I think, you know, just owning it and being confident, I would say, would help. And then I, another person will see that and see you're super confident and happy with yourself. And who knows? Sparks could start flying. <laughs> yeah. Something that's super important to say is confidence comes in so many different ways. You know, just because we're confident bald doesn't mean that that means that you can't be confident if you're wearing a wig too. And I think like that's equally as important, but I think, you know, being confident and just being, you know, true to yourself. I think that that's so, so, so important is, you know, who cares if you're bald, if you wear a wig, if you have hair, if you don't, I think that what is really, really matters is that you're being true to yourself and that you're going to find someone who respects who you are. And that I think is the most important thing is that someone's not respecting you. And if you're, you know, meeting someone who's not cool with you being who you are, why would you want to be with that person in the first place? I think that's really hard to tell someone who is going through the dating world in the society that we're living in that values look so much. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think that your mental health and, you know, walking through life feeling bad especially because someone else doesn't accept who you are, someone who's supposed to love you. I think that that sucks and Mm -hmm. anything to avoid that. (laughs) What do you think really speaks to your sense of confidence? You both mentioned confidence and I think that that's, that's true and we get it from so many different things, right? One year, you know, I just thought I was like, Hey, you know, be more confident with myself. It was kind of a new year's resolution when I was like way, way younger. And I mean, I've had great friends that I was able to be myself with that were great support. I never really like needed the support and felt insecure about it. I had friends that were ready to fight people because they thought someone was making fun of me. And I'm just like, yo, it's it's okay, It's Mm -hmm. fine. I think the support was definitely a huge help for me being confident. Yeah, I think the way that my mom describes it is that I walked into rooms and I basically said, I know I'm bald. And if you make fun of me for it, that's super lame of you because it's basically extremely obvious and we get it. (laughs) But I also think, you know, going forward, I really developed a sense of style that really was always pushing the boundaries. And I chose to be the person that stood out rather the person that blended in. And I think that that really helped me develop a sense of confidence where, you know, I really owned the look that I had. I got into makeup at a younger age. And instead of the question of, hey, are you sick? It would be more of, hey, cool, you shaved your head. 
And I don't know if I like that anymore. I don't know if I appreciate that assumption even more, but I definitely think that I took a step with my style. And in high school, I I had my staple leather jacket that I got to write about in my college essays. And I think that it really became a part of my identity and kind of reclaiming that sense of confidence came from, you know what, if I'm going to be bald, I'm going to use it. And it's going to be who I am rather than just kind of just a little facet of who I am. Awesome. I think that really speaks, you know, when people are going to be listening to this, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, confidence, like you said, comes in so many different forms. And I mean, we talked about wearing wig or not wearing wig, but really just becoming who you are and figuring that out and saying, do I want to make a statement when I enter a room or do I just want to blend in? And is that comfortable for me? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm, to stand out clearly. <laughs> yeah. For super flashy shoes. I yeah. still stick out no matter what. Mm-hmm. Two bald people in all black in the Midwest, like <laughs> yeah. dressed in black, gray, nothing else. <laughs> I have a question for you, Brendan. Do you get people who say to you, oh, you know, did you shave in solidarity for Angelina? Yeah, I actually... Yeah. Where were we? We were in D.C., I think. I was visiting her for school, and we were on the street corner, and some guy just, like, taps me on the shoulder and was like, wow, that's so amazing that you shaved your head for her and all this. And I I thought it was super funny. He didn't know that we were both bald. I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) I think it's less funny. I am not amused by it every single time that it happens. It happens all the time. Like it is like number one, that is exactly what people think. Nobody ever thinks that we have alopecia. Nobody ever thinks that it's a fashion statement if we're both together. A hundred percent of the time people are saying, oh my gosh, he's so amazing. He does. And I'm sitting there like, are you absolutely kidding me? Like he's amazing, but not because of something. Oh my gosh. Drives me absolutely crazy. I hate it. It makes me look good, you know? <laughs> it makes me look like a, I don't even know, like a, just like a sad puppy. I don't I hate it. <laughs> Obviously, it's a common thing that you guys get, sadly. Hey, do you guys have anything else to add before we go today? I do want to say one. I don't know if you can ever use this, but I'm just going to say something that I've experienced in the past, I want to say year, is that people have been coming up trying to get pictures with me. (laughs) I cannot even explain to you how unbelievably inappropriate and awful I think this is. I mean, true. Like I have looked at these people and yes, most of the time these people are under the influence, but I mean, still. You do not walk up to someone and say, hi, can I take a picture? It is just absolutely ridiculous. And my response is like, why do you want to take a picture with me? And then they look at me like, oh, uh, oh, uh, because like, what are they going to say? Because <laughs> you're bald and I've never like seen a bald person before. It's absolutely ridiculous. So I, I just need to say that. I've almost gotten in like full on fights with these people because I'm just, no, you're not going to take a picture with me. I'm like, yes, like that. No, I'm not taking a picture with you. <laughs> Brendan, does that happen for you as well? Not really that I know no. of taking a picture. So yeah, it doesn't happen like it happens with her. When we were, we were in Nashville a couple months ago, it, I watched it happen to her and it was... It was, it was so weird, honestly. That is weird. It's happened to me. I was in France, actually, and there were four of us there that were all bald. That was, I guess, kind of a bigger deal. But yeah, it felt really inappropriate at the time. I'm like, what is going on? It's just 
like, what in your right mind ever makes you think that it's okay to ask someone for a picture because they're different than you? Oh my gosh, it just set me off, really. It's not good because yeah, after all. <laughs> any, any other physical thing, would it would be like not even inappropriate, it would be rude. And I mean, like there's so many words that we can attach yeah. to that. You know, <laughs> you have a burned face. Let's take a picture of you. You have a broken arm or a missing limb. Let's take a picture. That would just be a just little excessive for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it. Like, I understand. Like I said, I own it a little bit more. But I mean, I looked her right in the face and I was like, absolutely not. You may leave my area now. <laughs> it's like looking at a deer in a headlight. Yeah. She didn't know what to do. She's practically begging for a picture with me. And the answer was still no. <laughs> You taught her a lesson for sure. And so this is our public service announcement right now for me. <laughs> Angelina, she says, no photos, please. No photo <laughs> requests. I will definitely use that for sure. Well, you guys, thanks so much for being with us today and for sharing your story with listeners. You guys are just fun to listen to. And congratulations on your engagement and good luck on choosing a date. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, this yeah. is fun. You guys have been great. Thank you for listening to Alopecia Life, episode 18, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts. Yes.